welcome to the Dear Family Courts podcast. I'm your co-host, Lisa Welter, and I've got my friend, Jen Kinesny, with me. Jen, it's good to have you with. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Lisa. I'm excited to be here for this conversation. Definitely. And friends, for those of you who have been following along the last few weeks, we launched a a lifestyles conversation and that has really morphed and grown into something quite beautiful and large. And so we decided to uh, bring it to a new platform. Jen, do you want to give a quick update on what's been happening with that whole conversation? Yeah, so um, we were trying to find places to to put all of our conversations and the things that we've been sharing with you here and the conversations we've been having over the past, you know, six months or so. And a lifestyle conversation we were finding was like really a lot more appropriate for the peace assessment, which we um, you've seen on our website, if you visited it at the catalassogroup.com. And so we're actually transitioning um, that conversation to that particular platform, which we'll be making you aware of. Um, But we've also been thinking we really want to steer our conversation here more towards um, the transformative family mediation practice world, the resources we've been creating, the mediators we've been training, how that's intersecting with impacting the family law um, process in our state, in our country, Um, And also the continuing ad that we're creating to keep mediators in really good shape so they can do wonderful work for their clients. Yes. Thanks for bringing us up to speed, Jen. And thank you for all the work that you've been bringing into the work of the peace assessment and how that connects uh, to the leadership within the dynamics of home and marriage, family. Um, But then also for those that are looking to take our training, this is such a relevant topic for them as well, but at a very uh, personal level. So thank you again for what you're doing. And I think this is becoming such a fascinating conversation as we're kind of rounding the bend and, and speaking more directly to those that are now the, the professionals in the field of the family, um, the legal system, the courts, and those that just have a uh, a passion for families and, and the justice process that they are experiencing. So I'm excited for today's conversation, Jen, and I just want to give you the floor to start unpacking what you've been thinking about. Yeah, I am uh, thrilled to be able to do that. And um, gosh, as we've been involved with this process of being in the world of mediation And as we've developed a passion for really, um, I would say, getting a vision for training and equipping others in the work of mediation and specifically in the area of transformative family mediation, which really incorporates restorative practices into the mediation process so that families are just left in such a better position than they would have been otherwise um, going through um, very challenging, high conflict situations and through the divorce process. And so... um, We've been creating these really awesome resources. And I'm just going to say that because, gosh, if I could take this training, I would want this training. And so um, we're creating, uh, you know, the the 40 hour trainings to um, fully equip and qualify mediators to practice in mediation. We're doing continuing ed, um, both monthly options and concentrated options for people that want to get their continuing education credits. Um, And we're thinking about how this work is going to intersect with the already legal system and the way that mediators are already functioning. And we want to be able to bridge the gap and um, just cast some vision for why this, why, why take our continuing ed, why engage with the training that we are offering? Um, What's in it for you? Why this versus some other option? 
And so those are the questions we've been talking about and playing with. And um, as someone who's an attorney and also a qualified neutral and family trained family mediator, um, I've been a part of the legal community for many, many years, really since 2001, since so over, you know, 20, 20 years in the practice, um, legal practice. And so I know the world of attorneys well, and I know the world of um, attorneys who are mediators very well. And um, I thought, what questions would I want to be thinking about if I were considering taking some of this training that we're offering? And so it got us conversating and thinking, Lisa, um, about this. And so um, gosh, I would say, you know, the question I started thinking about is, as attorneys um, who do really important life altering work in the world, um, I would ask you attorneys and mediators specifically, um, what's your level of satisfaction? Um, when you think about your work life, when you think about your career, um, the path you've taken, the path you're currently on, you know, what's your level of satisfaction? And I would say, you know, let's break that out into some categories. Um, for example, um, what's your level of satisfaction with your, your current practice area? Um, if, you're, if you're doing family law mediation, how are, how, are, how are you thinking about it as far as your level of satisfaction for the work that you're doing and the work that you're bringing to your clients, um, you know, week in and week out? What's your level of satisfaction with the amount of clients that you have um, or the income that you're generating um, for yourself and for your family? What's your level of satisfaction with your work-life balance? Um, is it good for you? If you had to measure things, you know, on a scale of like one to five, one being I'm pretty miserable and five being I'm highly satisfied. I want you to be thinking about those sorts of ranges as I'm bringing up these categories and this idea of being satisfied. Um, another thing would be your work environment, um, the work culture that you have, whether you're practicing on your own or you're in with a group of other mediators or in a law firm environment, um, or in any kind of an entity that's using mediation practice right now, what's your level of satisfaction in your work environment? And um, anything else, Lisa, that you can think about as far as categories? Um, I think those are really good categories for lawyers and mediators to be thinking about when it comes to, you know, work-life balance, uh, culture within the workplace. I wonder too about the satisfaction of the legal process that you're engaging with. Is it frustrating to you? Are you really satisfied with it? You know, what does that look like as you interact with, with the actual system itself? That'd be the only thing I would add, Jen. <laughs> yeah. And I think inside of that context, Lisa, that's really good. Thank you. Um, what is it like for you as a, as a practitioner, whether you're wearing your mediator hat or your lawyer hat in any given environment, um, interacting with peers, interacting with opposing counsel, interacting with, if you're a mediator, interacting with the attorneys that are involved or the court that's involved, um, any other parties that are intersecting the process, um, is that a satisfying interaction um, or is it stressful? Is it, is it unsatisfying? Is it toxic? Um, and so as we're talking about these, these categories, I want you to think about, you know, on that scale of one to five in each of those categories, like write them out, take a little time, um, answer that question for yourself. And if you're, you're adding up your totals and let's say you've got five categories and you've got possibility of five in each category is a high, high level of satisfaction. You're looking at like 25 points. Um, add up what your actual numbers are and do a little math and figure out like your percentage of satisfaction. And I would say that if you're in the 80 to 90% or higher satisfaction level, 
you're really doing pretty well. You're, you're feeling great and you're thinking you're doing well, you're satisfied with your work and the whole process of what it looks like, how it intersects with your life, the impact that you're making. Um, those are all good things. And so, but if you're finding yourself beneath that, which having spoken with a lot of attorneys and people that are part of the legal process um, uh, can be very unsatisfying. It can be very stressful. Um, if that's you, that's something to think about. Um, and also the other thing that we want to talk to you a little bit about is how satisfied are your clients? Um, you know, there are lots of like rating system out there for lawyers. If you go and Google, you know, attorney ratings, you'll see different platforms that talk about, you know, people that have anonymously been able to rate their attorney's performance in any given category or their mediator performance. I don't know if there's a mediator platform, but I know that there's one out there for attorneys. Um, but how often do you check in with your clients to see what their level of satisfaction was with your representation, with the process, with the outcome? Um, did they leave ex having a better experience than where you found them? Um, I don't know how often we as mediators and attorneys are, are actually doing that, but I think it would be highly insightful for us to be asking those questions. Don't you think so, Lisa? Oh my goodness. I really think so. And I've wondered, I've contemplated having experienced the courts so frequently and had a number of attorneys, different variances on cases, right? And then my interaction with child welfare more professionally what I have noticed is the satisfaction from my own experience was not good, but the families that I was also um, engaging with in child welfare were having an equally dissatisfying um, experience. And so I've often wondered, do the leaders who are working through the process, trying to provide representation for the families that they're serving, do they know what that satisfaction level looks like? Are they aware of it? Have they asked themselves that question? Um, because they really are. When you think about it, Jen, they're the leaders of guiding that process on our behalf. And we're, we're giving them the power to represent us in that way. And um, yeah, I'll just leave it there because I've, I've heard um, this can be a very dissatisfying um, experience on the other side of that coin. And I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer talking about that. I really just want to talk about the reality of what I'm hearing from others, what others are saying that they're experiencing and what I noticed um, in the lives of others as I've walked alongside of them in a more of a professional manner for this was, would be more so for um, foster care, you know, the child protection arena. So I think you're bringing up really interesting points, Jen. And I think uh, today's a new day when we think about what's possible for our justice system and for those leaders who are stepping into this. They leave grad school, you know, hoping to make a difference and change the lives of families and touch them in relevant ways. And yet I, I just wondered, you know, what is that level of satisfaction and what, what's possible as we look forward? Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I think that's, that's kind of what I, I've been thinking about coming back full circle to just my own experiences as well. Um, you know, when I first became and I'm an attorney, um, and I'm also a mediator, I, when I first became an attorney, I, of course, had a very ideal view of what my impact would be, the legacy I would leave the mark I would make, um, how satisfied I would be in my work. And I will tell you that, pretty early on that bubble got burst. And so, you know, the environment I walked into was just a lot more 
you know, have a thick skin, be ready to, you know, fight. And not that that's a bad thing to have when you're representing people and you need to see them through a tough process, but um, you, you can feel a little bit like you've lost your soul or you've, you've done all this work and you've invested and you have dreams and visions of what you'd like to do. And then, and then you're told that's just not going to happen. And so, um, and I know that there are other attorneys out there and even, you know, mediators that have had these same thoughts and experiences and what we're, what we're creating and what we're offering is this idea of, gosh, let's get you trained in some approaches and processes and ways of, of coming at conflict um, in a way that's going to be more satisfying. <laughs> really, it's to answer the satisfaction question. Um, for you to be more satisfied as a practitioner, um, for you to look at um, ways to generate more business, ways to be more satisfied in your work life, more satisfied in your work environments and being the influencer and the leader in that regard um, and, and just shifting, shifting things and sort of a turning of the tide, if you will. And even for, imagine even in the most dire of family law situations, um, having a, a client on the other side of the process tell you what a difference you personally made for them and how much better of an outcome it ever could have been than, than it is than they ever could have imagined. And you get to be a part of that and you get to have some ownership in that. And so that is why we've designed our continuing ed and our trainings the way that we have, because that is exactly the equipping that we're after. That is the result we're after. And so if any part of that sounds appealing to you, we invite you to take advantage of our trainings. We've got continuing education coming up um, in October, November, throughout the year. Lisa, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yep. I will just piggyback off of what you said because you said it so well. You know, the whole point of raising your satisfaction in your current position as a lawyer, as a family mediator, is about including a philosophy around restorative practices. We think about the taxation of the work that you do, the difficult places you find yourself in day in and day out. You cannot um, think that you would not, it would not start to impact you in some way. If there's a level of dissatisfaction over the years, that grind wears on us. And there's a taxation not on souls and our experiences in our work, but it also has impact and ramification on those that we are leading and serving, the families. And from a personal experience, as a, a parent who has gone through divorce and a number of other uh, circumstances in the family courts, I had in, uh, I dreaded, I dreaded every time I had to go to the court. It was never a good day to go to court. And I found my lawyer saying the same thing. There's never a good day in court <laughs> unless you're winning. But even when you're winning, you're really not getting everything you want. And so when we think about those sorts of scenarios and the taxation on the legal representatives and also the family mediators, the taxation that's happening to families. Jen, we've talked about this idea of like when the water becomes polluted, it certainly starts to pollute all of those area, right? And so 
when we think about restorative practices, what we're doing is we're kind of cleaning up what that water feels like, what the experience feels like, because we're starting to bring satisfaction in the relational harm and conflict rather than tearing that out of the picture. So frequently when we think about court processes, mediation, it's about division of time and assets and you know what the calendar is going to look like and who gets what. And we give all these labels and it's minus relationship. And at the core of why families are showing up in the first place, there's relational damage or harm that has occurred. And that has to be a part of the process. The leaders who are walking families through that process just need to know about a skill set and adopt a skill set that allows for that to flow within it. And it's actually pretty easy, isn't it, Jen? And that's what we're bringing into these conversations so that you feel uh, a lighter burden in your work, but also see better outcomes because families are going to love that you're paying attention to this relational damage. Not that you have to become a, a full-blown therapist. You don't. You just have to know how people are hardwired and ask the right questions. Yeah, I know. It's And it's so exciting. We, we've been at this for a while, and we just are so passionate about everything we are talking about inside of this conversation and the ones we've had previously. Um, we just want a better way. We want a more effective way. Um, and what's really great is the training that we're providing is it doesn't matter what kind of person you are. It doesn't matter what your personality is. It doesn't matter um, whether you're, you're wired for tasks or people. Um, it, it really doesn't matter. The skill set is so translatable. Um, anyone yeah. can do this. <laughs> and so um, even if you think of yourself who has been someone that, you know, oh, I, I avoid like the relational part of this job, or I, I don't want to get into the relational part of what's going on with my clients, because I don't believe I will be successful in helping them address that. That is simply not the case. You can be taught how to do this and do it very well. Agreed. Agreed. Jen, do you want to speak directly to lawyers and mediators about what is coming up when it is specifically around restorative practices that we've got coming down the pipe and what that will look like? Yeah, I will. Um, we have got, um, as we've been talking about, we've got some continuing ed opportunities for people that want to maintain their mediator um, currency. And so we have got a, in November, we have got a two-day program to train you in restorative practices uh, it's November 15th and 16th. And so if you want to do like your whole 18 credits that you need to report in three years for continuing ed in two days, that will be a, um, that will equip you and train you in, in transformative practices and how those translate specifically into mediation. Um, we also have got um, transformative practices woven into all of our continuing eds that are offered on a monthly basis. We do kind of a lunch and learn style Continuing Ed starting in October, the last um, the last Wednesday of the month, October 27th, we have an hour and a half um, credit um, to do, we're going to be doing different um, uh, contexts throughout each month's programming, but we're going to be addressing how to incorporate these types of restorative practices into your mediation skill set every single month. And so if you want to just stretch it out over the course of a year, um, you can do it that way as well. And so inside of either of those two options, you're going to get the full, the full equipping in how to incorporate restorative practices into your mediation skill set. Lisa, yep. is there something I'm missing? 
Nope, you said it right. And we're also offering a promotional right now. So it's $100 off if you're a family mediator or um, or as a lawyer. You can go and just type in the code FAMILY, capital F-A-M-I-L-Y, and get $100 off that two-day training, which is November 15th and 16th. And then for those of you who may not be a, a, a lawyer or a mediator, but you're thinking, I love this approach, philosophically, we train differently. We're abiding to all of the bounds and uh, the statutes and the rule within the family mediation process itself. But we train through this lens of restorative practices so that as you're being trained as a newly trained mediator, you're going to have a total different advantage because you're starting with that relational aspect in mind as you approach your work as a family mediator. And that is still available to you November 1st through the 5th. We have um, that discounted right now. It's $200 off. So it's $1,099 for an entire week. It's 40 hours. It's a court certified um, training. And so that means at the end of that training, you can apply to become a qualified neutral with the Minnesota roster and hit the ground running, train, helping families work through really difficult circumstances. Jen, what I love about this, and I'm really taking heavily from my experience in child welfare, when family mediators and lawyers get trained in this particular way, relationship first and addressing the needs of those family members where that harm and conflict um, has occurred, this is very translatable into the child welfare arena. So for those mediators who are thinking, I would like to just be able to serve more families, here's an awesome opportunity to be trained in restorative practices and expanding your work judges and social services because those families bumping into child protection issues at the core of what's happening, it's relational harm and damage again. They've now just hit that wall where child safety is now a huge factor. So again, this is very translatable when we think about the child welfare system and serving more families. And so we cannot impress upon you enough. This is going to make life better for you as a professional in the industry or for those that are thinking about serving families in the justice process. This is, it's just beautiful. So Jen, thank you for, for all that you've shared today. I really believe this is going to be a life-changing moment for those that have been in the industry for a long time. Thank you for your wisdom and your heart to bring this to fellow colleagues. Yeah, it's my, it's my pleasure. And um, for all of you out there listening, um, jump in, you know, jump into this pool with us and um, get connected, get get whatever else you need here to just bring up that level of satisfaction, not only for yourself, but for your clients. Yeah. Well, guys, go check out our website at thecatalassogroup.com and we'll see you next week. Take care.